0: Prologue of the Marie Antoinette Romances, Volume Three: The Queen's Necklace. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Marie Antoinette Romances, Volume Three: The Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. The predictions. An old nobleman and an old matre d'hôtel. It was the beginning of april seventeen eighty four between twelve and one o'clock our old acquaintance the marshal de richelieu having with his own hands colored his eyebrows with a perfumed dye pushed away the mirror which was held to him by his valet the successor of his faithful raffa and shaking his head in the manner peculiar to himself ah said he now i look at myself and rising from his seat with juvenile vivacity He commenced shaking off the powder which had fallen from his wig over his blue velvet coat. Then, after taking a turn or two up and down his room, called for his maitre d'hôtel. In five minutes this personage made his appearance, elaborately dressed. The marshal turned toward him, and with a gravity befitting the occasion said, Sir, I suppose you have prepared me a good dinner? Certainly, your grace. You have the list of my guests? i remember them perfectly your grace i have prepared a dinner for nine there are two sorts of dinners sir said the marshal true your grace but the marshal interrupted him with a slightly impatient movement although still dignified do you know sir that whenever i have heard the word but and i have heard it many times in the course of eighty-eight years it has been each time, I am sorry to say, the harbinger of some folly. Your Grace. In the first place, at what time do we dine? Your Grace. The citizens dine at two, the bar at three, the nobility at four. And I, sir? Your Grace will dine to-day at five? Oh, at five yes your grace like the king and why like the king because on the list of your guests is the name of a king not so sir you mistake all my guests today are simply noblemen your grace is surely jesting the count Hagar, who is among the guests, well, sir, the Count Hagar is a king. I know no king so called, Your Grace must pardon me then said the Maitre d'hotel, bowing, but I believed, supposed your business, sir, is neither to believe nor suppose your business is to read without comment the orders i give you when i wish a thing to be known i tell it when i do not tell it i wish it unknown the matre d'hôtel bowed again more respectfully perhaps than he would have done to a reigning monarch therefore sir continued the old marshal you will as i have none but noblemen to dinner let us dine at my usual hour four o'clock at this order the countenance of the matre d'htel became clouded as if he heard his death sentence he grew deadly pale then recovering himself with the courage of despair he said in any event your grace cannot dine before five o'clock why so sir cried the marshal because it is utterly impossible Sir, said the marshal with a haughty air, it is now, I believe, twenty years since you entered my service. Twenty one years, a month, and two weeks. Well, sir, to these twenty one years, a month and two weeks, you will not add a day, nor an hour. You understand me, sir? He continued, biting his thin lips and depressing his eyebrows this evening you seek a new master i do not choose that the word impossible should be pronounced in my house i am too old now to begin to learn its meaning the matre d'hôtel bowed a third time this evening said he i shall have taken leave of your grace but at least up to the last moment "'My duty shall have been performed as it should be.' And he made two steps toward the door. "'What do you call as it should be?' cried the marshal. "'Learn, sir, that to do it as it suits me is to do it as it should be. Now, I wish to dine at four, and it does not suit me when I wish to dine at four to be obliged to wait till five. "'Your grace,' "'replied the maitre d'Hotel gravely. "'I have served as butler to his highness, "'the Prince de Soubise, "'and as steward to his eminence, "'the Cardinal de Rohan. "'With the first, his majesty, "'the late King of France, "'dined once a year. "'With the second, the Emperor of Austria, "'dined once a month. "'I know, therefore, "'how a sovereign should be treated.' when he visited the prince de soubise louis the fifteenth called himself in vain the baron de jonesse at the house of monsieur de rohan the emperor joseph was announced as the count de pakenstein but he was none the less emperor to-day your grace also receives a guest who vainly calls himself count haga count haga is still king of sweden i shall leave your service this evening but count haga will have been treated like a king but that said the marshal is the very thing that i am tiring myself to death in forbidding count haga wishes to preserve his incognito as strictly as possible well do i see through your absurd vanity It is not the crown that you honor, but yourself that you wish to glorify. I repeat again that I do not wish it imagined that I have a king here. What, then, does your grace take me for? It is not that I wish it known that there is a king here. Then, in heaven's name, do not be obstinate, but let us have dinner at four. But— at four o'clock your grace what i am expecting will not have arrived what are you expecting a fish like Monsieur vatel does your grace wish that i should tell you on my faith i am curious then your grace i wait for a bottle of wine a bottle of wine explain yourself sir the thing begins to interest me listen then your grace his majesty the king of sweden i beg pardon the count Haga. i should have said drinks nothing but touquet well am i so poor as to have no touquet in my cellar if so i must dismiss my butler not so your grace on the contrary you have about sixty bottles well do you think count haga will drink sixty bottles with his dinner no your grace but when count haga first visited france when he was only prince royal "'He dined with the late king, who had received twelve bottles of tokay from the Emperor of Austria. "'You are aware that the tokay of the finest vintages is reserved exclusively for the cellar of the Emperor, "'and that kings themselves can only drink it when he pleases to send it to them.' "'I know it.' "'Then, Your Grace,' Of these twelve bottles of which the prince royal drank, only two remain. One is in the cellar of his majesty, Louis the Sixteenth. And the other? Ah, your grace, said the maitre d'hôtel with a triumphant smile, for he felt that, after the long battle he had been fighting, the moment of victory was at hand. The other one was stolen.' by whom then by one of my friends the late king's butler who was under great obligations to me oh and so he gave it to you certainly your grace said the maitre d'hôtel with pride and what did you do with it i placed it carefully in my master's cellar "'Your master? And who was your master at that time?' "'His eminence, the Cardinal du "'Ah, mon Dieu, at Strasbourg?' "'At Severn.' "'And you have sent to seek this bottle for me?' cried the old marshal. "'For you, your grace.' replied the maitre d'Hotel, in a tone which plainly said, ungrateful as you are. The Duke de Richelieu seized the hand of the old servant and cried, "'I beg pardon. You are the king of maitre d'Hotel.' "'And you would have dismissed me?' he replied with an indescribable shrug of his shoulders. "'Oh, I will pay you one hundred pistoles for this bottle of wine.' "'And the expenses of its coming here?' will be another hundred but you will grant that it is worth it i will grant anything you please and to begin from to-day i double your salary i seek no reward your grace i have but done my duty and when will your courier arrive your grace may judge if i have lost time on what day did i have my orders for the dinner why three days ago i believe it takes a courier at his utmost speed twenty-four hours to go and the same to return there still remain twenty-four hours said the marshal how have they been employed alas your grace they were lost the idea only came to me the day after i received the list of your guests now calculate the time necessary for the negotiation and you will perceive that in asking you to wait till five i am only doing what i am absolutely obliged to do the bottle has not yet arrived then no your grace ah sir "'if your colleague at Severn be as devoted to the Prince de Rohan "'as you are to me, "'and should refuse the bottle as you would do in his place. "'I, Your Grace?' "'Yes. "'You would not, I suppose, "'have given away such a bottle had it belonged to me.' "'I beg your pardon, humbly, Your Grace. "'But had a friend, having a king to provide for, asked me for your best bottle of wine he should have had it immediately oh said the marshal with a grimace it is only by helping others that we can expect help in our own need your grace well then i suppose we may calculate that it will be given but there is still another risk if the bottle should be broken oh your grace who would break a bottle of wine of that value well uh, trust not what time then do you expect your courier? at four o'clock precisely then why not dine at four replied the marshal your grace "'The wine must rest for an hour. "'And had it not been for an invention of my own, "'it would have required three days to recover itself.' "'Beaten at all points, the marshal gave way. "'Besides,' continued the old servant, "'be sure, your grace, that your guests will not arrive before half-past four. "'And why not?' Consider, your grace, to begin with, Monsieur de Launay, he comes from the Bastille, and with the ice at present covering the streets of Paris. No, but he will leave after the prisoner's dinner at twelve o'clock. Pardon me, your grace, but the dinner hour at the Bastille has been changed since your grace was there. It is now one. Sir... You are learned on all points. Pray, go on. Madame Dubarry comes from the Lucienne. One continued descent, and in this frost... That would not prevent her being punctual, since she is no longer a duke's favorite. She plays the queen only among barons. But... Let me tell you, sir, that I desire to have dinner early on account of Monsieur de la Perouse, who sets off to-night, and would not wish to be late. But, Your Grace, Monsieur de la Perouse is with the King, discussing geography and cosmography. He will not get away too early. It is possible... It is certain, Your Grace, and it will be the same when Monsieur de Favras, who is with the Count de Provence, talking no doubt of the new play by the Canon de Beaumarchais. You mean, The Marriage of Figaro? Yes, Your Grace. Why, you are quite literary also, it seems. In my leisure moments I read, Your Grace we have however monsieur de condorcet who being a geometrician should at least be punctual yes but he will be deep in some calculation from which when he rouses himself it will probably be at least half an hour too late as for the count cagliostro as he is a stranger and not well acquainted with the customs of versailles he will in all probability make us wait for him well said the marshal you have disposed of all my guests except monsieur de Tavernay, in a manner worthy of homer or of my poor Raffet. the maitre d'hôtel bowed i have not said he named monsieur de Tavernay because Being an old friend, he will probably be punctual. Good. And where do we dine? In the great dining-room, Your Grace. But we shall freeze there. It has been warmed for three days, Your Grace, and I believe you will find it perfectly comfortable. Very well. But there is the clock striking. Why? Why? it is half-past four cried the marshal yes your grace and there is the courier entering the courtyard with my bottle of toquet may i continue for another twenty years to be served in this manner said the marshal turning again to his looking-glass while the maitre d'hôtel ran downstairs twenty years said a laughing voice interrupting the marshal in his survey of himself twenty years my dear duke i wish them you but then i shall be sixty i shall be very old you countess cried the marshal you are my first arrival and mon dieu you look as young and charming as ever duke i am frozen come into the boudoir then Oh tete-a-tete, Marshal? Not so, replied a somewhat broken voice. Ah, Taverney, said the Marshal, and then whispering to the Countess, Plague, take him for disturbing us. Madame Du Barry laughed, and they all entered the adjoining room. End of Part 1 of the Prologue Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia